It no longer carries to the part where it says, uh, how much for your little clam? Uh, maybe at the end, maybe at the very end, does it? I don't think we carry it to there anymore. Oh, no, no. At some point along the way, we, oh, it does, Mike said sometimes. Yeah, see? He said a little, a little bit, producer Mike did. There you uh, go. There yeah, but welcome go. back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. I'm Ross Bolin, here with my buddy Barrett Dudley, to bring you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs. Barrett, how are you on this fine Tuesday? And confirm checkout. There we go. Order placed. Sorry, uh, this podcast was getting in the way. I was just online here shopping for uh, a giant metal blue dildo and ball set. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're hard to, to find. I had to get my own. You know, everybody you know? wants the Doctor Manhattan dick and ball set. Right. And the the real trick though, the real trick though, you can you you, you can find the uh, the twig and berries just fine. Oh, sure. It's that stainless steel. You know, briefcase. That's that handmade, perfectly, high quality, perfectly shit. cut with the mold. You know. Oh God, yeah. With the separate, with the separate uh, cutout for said balls and said shaft. Yes, that's that's the harder piece to find. It is know? indeed. So, it's the I, priciest to, piece. I'm gonna have to hunt down one of those on eBay or something. I think it is a collector item um, uh, you know, for sure. I, that yeah, case, just, that case for that I'm a giant, completist, Ross. Yes, that case for that giant uh, blue dick and balls mm. was nicer than a case for anything I own for anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Well, I'm glad you've got that going on, Barrett. Yeah, yeah, all set, all set now. Uh huh. We have another fun episode today. We're going to be discussing Watchmen Season 1, Episode 3. We're going to preview each of Apple's new Apple Plus shows. That's what it's called, right? Apple Plus? I believe it is called Apple TV Plus. Really? Apple TV Plus. What's, why do they- There's sh- an Apple TV, okay, because here's what happened. There's the Apple TV you, there's a solid chance that you own one. I'm I guessing. have I have a couple, yeah. There's an app on the Apple TV. Humble brag. Called the app called Apple TV. Indeed there is. Well, now that's Apple now get, getting the subscription is Apple TV Plus. Oh, okay. So the plus is like the shows within the Apple TV app. Ah. Uh, which I mean, you know, I, I, I'll I'll, t- I'll say a little bit about this here. I I, I want to save most of it for for our Patreon episode this week. But I was not really aware of this Apple TV app until, you know, starting in on some of these new Apple TV Plus shows. Okay. It's an interesting app. Got a lot of stuff going on there. It does. Can we discuss it in the, in the section where we preview the shows yeah, oh today? Yeah, oh, yeah. I have a lot of takes I'll, I'll on hit, this. I'll hit pause on it. On this Apple situation. Yeah. And all of their, the Apple TV <laughs> and, the, and the different apps. I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a problem. Mm. It's a very big problem. Um, but we'll get to it. And then I'm, I have a couple, few movies, actually, um, that I want to review quickly and suggest for everybody listening, for the whole Clam fam. Spoiler-free, by the way. I will not be giving any spoilers for any of those three movies if you have not seen them. And by the way, every episode of our show, when you're listening or if you're new here, you can see below in, in the, in the uh, description of the episode... Each thing we're going to discuss within the podcast. So if you kind of want to go through the backlog and hit stuff that you watch that you want to hear our takes on, do it. That's a great idea. This episode of OCC is brought to you by Lisa. Uh, your bed, 
obviously the most important purchase you're going to make for your domicile, whether it be your home or your apartment or whatever, right up there with your living room television. It is the most important thing that you're going to buy. If your bed sucks and you get shitty sleep, your whole life is crap. It's crap. It's out the window. You don't want that. You want a Lisa. These are the best mattresses in the world. I've had a hybrid, the hybrid, their most advanced luxury hybrid mattress that's made with premium foams and springs for enhanced pressure relief with edge-to-edge support for like three years now. Most comfortable bed I have ever owned. Love it. Couldn't more highly recommend it. The hybrid is thoughtfully designed with the best of both worlds. All of Lisa's products, though, have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary that you actually want to spend time in. They know how important rest is to a better life, and Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. To Lisa, a bed is more than just a place to sleep. It's a place for relaxation and rest. Also, they believe all people should have access to that deep relaxation and rest. And as such, they make it easy for their uh, customers to know they've made the right choice through their social impact initiatives tied to each purchase. They donate one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they have donated more than 33,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Lisa mattresses are made in the USA. In-home delivery and setup is available. Financing is also available. Don't miss out. Live healthier. Live happier by resting deeper. Order today and get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash dragon. Use the promo code dragon. That's L E E S A dot com slash dragon. Promo code dragon. Dragon. Hybrids, man. Yeah. You, know, you want a hybrid car? That's the best type of car out there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You want the hybrid mattress. You want a hybrid golf club for your. You want hybrids in your golf bag. Yeah. Just best in ty- case. That's the best type of golf clubs. Hybrids, baby. Uh huh. Indeed. All right, let's talk about what we've got coming on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles in November. On Patreon is where you can get, if, you're, if you've ever thought to yourself, my God, I wish I had more episodes of OCC, that's where you can get those more episodes of OCC. We do a handful of extra episodes every month that are ad-free right there on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Barrett, what do we have in the great month of November? Well, it is November now, so I'm going to tell you what we have this month, oh. starting this week. So later today, we're going to uh, preview Apple's new slate of TV shows released along with their, you know, their new streaming service, Apple TV Plus. So we're just going to talk about what these shows look like, what they're supposed to be about, and maybe kind of how we how we're feeling about them. Yes. And then on Patreon, we are going to discuss the early episodes of, I believe, four of those shows, the four big ones. Mm hmm. The so biggest, you, the so baddest, the, the most bi- hyped. Right. So if you're up on that Apple TV Plus shit, <laughs> which I mean, you know, you probably are. It's Apple. Hell. And you need and you need to hear us talk about those shows. I am. I, I'm, I mean, I, 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 these, these are some big shows, man. The Morning Show. You kidding me? There's some A-listers. See, <laughs> we got Cal Drogo in there. You know what I'm talking about? Like, okay, so duh, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna. Emily Dickinson, it's a modern spin on Emily Dickinson. It's basically Dickinson, but she's listening to Drake, I think. It's called Dickinson. It's called Dickinson. But yes, um, it's, it's, she loves, there's Drake interspersed throughout. Is that, am I accurate there? Three minutes in, Passion Fruit starts playing. Oh, really? No, not really. Okay. No. That, that, I mean. That'd it, be funny as fuck. I'd I, watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, well, I can't okay. wait to get to the individual synopsis for each of these <laughs> so that I can get to roasting because, uh. I'll just say they made some missteps. Uh, well, you know, we're going to talk hey, about it. Hey, it's hard then, to pick stuff. And then we're don't don't give away too much though. I'm we got to save something for the for the uh the patrons. Okay, man. but yes, on Patreon, we will be actually discussing the episodes we watched. Yeah. This is just us giving a window in. Uh, right. A look yes. through the window yeah. in. It's a sneak preview. We're window shopping. 
Next, what else, though? Next week. Then next week, it's time for Movie Club. Ah, Movie Club. My fave. We are we're going to see something artsier than Ford versus Ferrari. We're either, we're either going Jojo Rabbit or The Lighthouse. Yes. We're going to flip a coin, a proverbial coin. If you, uh, you know, if, if you want input, tweet at us. Be like, it's got to be this one. And then I'll see your tweet and I'll say, I don't know. It could be like, I, I know you're thinking like, oh, they're going to get so many tweets. It could be like three tweets that sway us. Seriously. It, it could be. It could be. Jojo, Lighthouse, pick yeah. one, tweet at us. Both um, of these movies are out yet also. So if right. you've seen one and you're like, or if you've seen both and you're like, definitely this one, definitely not that one. I'm interested in that take Absolutely. too. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, if you're upset that like, oh my God, what the fuck? Ford versus Ferrari. I definitely will still be watching that and, and at least discussing I think, it to yeah, some degree. If we, when we see that, we'll probably just chat about it. It right. just felt like a movie that didn't have as much to kind of dissect. It's not going to be driving a bunch of social commentary. Exactly, exactly, yeah. It's a yeah. racing, it's a it race does, car. Not that there's you, anything wrong with you that. you and I sitting here saying, man, Christian Bale in that Cockney accent, huh? Dude, remember that scene? Yeah, remember that, that scene. scene where they crashed the car? Fucking A, that yeah. car exploded. It went fast. Exploded. Remember when he beat the shit out of Matt Damon? Yeah, and scene. Three okay. times, yeah. After that, we are going to um, break down, we're going to do a little Ode to the internet's favorite show, Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, season four is dropping in the middle of this month. Hot, hot. When we have the, when we discuss on Patreon, Hype. Rick and Morty, we'll do a little. We'll travel back in time, mm-hmm. talk about Rick and Morty. You know, overall, sure, as they often do, travel back in time. They, uh, yeah, ha! yeah, uh. Uh, and then we'll talk about the episodes that have been released, which I believe will be the first two Cloud. of season four. And honestly, I don't think there are all that many episodes in season four. I think it's like five or six episodes or something small like that. Oh shit! Okay, they're yeah. going the South Park route. They're doing, yeah, mm-hmm, they're doing. Well, they're fuckers. They're a little doing, early they're for that, didn't it? I thought you had to wait until like year fifteen before you earn that type uh, of respect. No, not when you're Rick and Morty, and you know you're the internet's favorite show. Damn! You, Finally, you say that almost with some some stank on it. I there is some stank on it. Okay, there there I have I, I have I got I lot, the stank. I, I've there got lots of thoughts. Okay. By the way, I'll preface that with saying Rick and Morty is a brilliant show. Brilliant. There's just some stank. I don't. Uh, the uh, the internet's love for it has bastardized it, as it typically you're letting will do. the people ruin too many things for you, my friend. I just have to tell you. Let me let me let me sit up on Breaking a, Bad. Let me sit up on a real elitist tie horse, Rick and Morty. Real quick, the okay. GP has embraced Rick and Morty, and it and it takes some of the shine off because I don't believe that they know what the hell is going on in Rick and Morty. Oh, I genuine you. I for a fact know that most people watching don't know what's going on a lot of the time because I don't know what's going on a lot like, of the time. It is, it's like one of the deepest, darkest shows out there. It yeah, yeah. just happens to be incredibly funny. Yes, there are episodes of Rick and Morty that have made me laugh to the point of almost crying, and then almost cried due to thinking about how my existence is meaningless yeah, in the right. very same like twenty minute time frame. Yeah, which is really and something. I just think people are out there are all like, "Oh, Sheshwan shots." Right. Let's, let's break down. The, let's let's bust into McDonald's to get the Szechuan sauce. Pickle Rick, pickle Rick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. So that yeah. Okay. Little preview of our uh, conversation right okay, there. Okay. Wow. Not, I, we won't go any further than that. I like that I get to play uh, like uh, the opposite of devil's advocate with you, which is just agreeing with. Me. <laughs> no, like the. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> You're gonna no. play devil's advocate. No, I like that you're the the critic. Oh, that the, I'm the, the critic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And sure. I'm the guy that's like, oh, Barrett, just enjoy Pickle Rick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy this conversation. Finally, finally, in our final week on Patreon, 
we're going to have a hotline call extravaganza. extravaganza. Just for the Mollusk Militia. Just though. for the Mollusk Militia. That is correct. But mm-hmm. you will be able to call in about all, all the stuff I just named. On your, on your Mollusk Militia. All the Apple TV Plus shows, Watchmen, uh, His Dark Materials, maybe The Mandalorian. Maybe one of the movies I'm going to tell you about today. Maybe one of the movies. Ross can take Peaky Blinders calls, I think. Have you watched any of the new season? Not yet, but Not I'm yet. burning. Dude, I'm on like one of those streaks right now. One of whichever movie we watch, yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be wild, man. Peaky Blinders is going down. I hit this, I hit stride. I like broke through a wall, entertainment wise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm just ripping through movies and TV shows. Feels good, man. It's gonna get real. Yeah, it's gonna get really, really real on Patreon.com/slash/OystersClamsCockles all November long. Oh, by the way, when you sign up, you immediately gain access to our entire backlog of content, including uh, August, July, June, and October, where we had our movie club on the Joker. Joker, excuse me, no V. Drop the V. It's cleaner. And then uh, Righteous (laughs) Gemstones Season 1 wrap-up, and then Fleabag Season 2, and then we had a hotline call extravaganza for our Mollusk Militia. And yeah, that's it. Moving on. Are you ready to talk? A million dollars isn't cool, Ross. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. Mm -hmm. I do. Uh, also, you know what's cool? A Popeye's chicken sandwich. You want to talk about Watchmen now? Yeah. yeah Are you ready? Let's, 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 uh, How'd you let's, feel about our quarterback plugging a Popeye's chicken sandwich in his post-game interview? That, let's that, watch the men. Oh, I didn't know about that. Did Deshaun do that? He credited the Popeye's chicken sandwich with healing his entire eye. <laughs> I hope he got paid for that. If it was just a joke, that was like a $15 million joke. He should have made them cut I, that check. He probably did not pay for that. He probably I'm did not get he paid didn't. for that. He's the type of dude who He's just... He's just a big Popeyes fan. He is just a huge Popeyes guy. Yeah. Just like me. Yeah. Just like me. Okay, Watchmen. Season one. We're three episodes in. This week we shifted to uh, an entirely new narrator. Yes. So I got super comfortable finally. Two episodes. What's her name? Angela? Angela Abar. Angela Abar and I, we become, Sister Knight. We, we become close. Sister Knight and I, I start to figure out what's going on. Next thing I know... Some white woman busts in the door and she's in control of the whole damn episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, 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 it's titled "She Was Killed by Space Junk." I'm gonna tell. I'm. Look, I'm gonna lead off this episode with just an. Adv- I think what I th- could be a helpful advisement for the members of the Clan Fam out there. A word. I think that you should probably just go on Wikipedia and read the plot of the graphic novel. Really, Mike? Do you agree with this assessment as a uh, Watchmen expert? Yeah, yeah, I think that would help out. Oh, son of a bitch. Because because I know that more and more people are like, especially after this episode where we get introduced to an entirely new character and she leaves the entire episode. Uh Uh-huh. And then there's like a bunch of weird ass shit going on. Of course. Like- if you if you have this was this was the first episode really truly where it's like if you have no prior knowledge of the of the Watchmen graphic novel and the comic books that this wouldn't have made almost any sense to So you. it's it's interesting that you say that because this is the episode where it struck me that the showrunner um which is it showrunner just Lindelof by himself? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He went into this project saying I'm going to make this for Watchmen fans. Basically, yeah, which yeah. is a little weird. I mean, they're, they're and it feels like they are getting to kind of the the explanation for everything. But at the same time, the show is being like it, it, it refuses to be expository like too like too often or too much. They're not like doing like a little scene here and there where they kind of like break it all down for you. Right. You know what I mean? So th- th- there was. We, we, you know, we can get to it or we can just jump right in. But like when uh, over the course of the episode is she's telling 
uh, the joke to Doctor Manhattan from the phone booth. <laughs> yes, to his voicemail. There, there. She's saying things that are like give you clues to what has happened since in the thirty years that have passed since the end of the novel. Right. Each bit. Yeah, actually relates and she, to an right. event. She talks and she's talking about like the three heroes, right? And it's like if you have familiarity with the graphic novel, you know who she's talking about. Okay, you know who she is. In fact, right. So, she and the thing is, if you watch the movie, you know who she is. Right. Yeah. But I think for me, and the reason it's interesting you bring up that we might need to read the Wikipedia if you haven't mm -hmm. read the graphic novel, I keep trying to relate things to the movie. So I was like, okay, I know her. Now, what what happened with her in the movie? And then I'm trying to like pull that into this universe, and that is not... How long ago did you watch the movie? I've seen it, man, a handful of times minimum. I don't know, most recently, probably last year, like 2018, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think the other the other thing though is and and Mike can can chime in here, the the movie is like mostly a faithful representation of the graphic novel until the end. Yeah, basically. The end so, is so it is that in the end is of the graphic novel is obviously very very important to the show, right? Because that's when all the squid shit goes down. So that's the part with the movie as we discussed. I think right before we actually started watching Watchmen. Yeah. yeah. That they were like, no way with the squid. But that kind of throws you off entirely. <laughs> totally. If you're now watching it on right. HBO. If you're, yeah, if you're using the movie as your as your kind of reference point. Which I very you, much am. Then you have some of it, but you don't have all of it. Okay. Yeah. It's just interesting to me how much of the, bat, of the lore of Watchmen they have included within mm -hmm. the storytelling. Because to your point, it does make it very confusing to the average viewer. You're really narrowing your audience... To people who are willing to go there. Yeah, yeah. And either explore it or already knew it or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, she runs sort of this entire episode with her, What, what it's, the, it's God interviewing each of these heroes mm -hmm. and then deciding that they are not worthy of heaven and sending them to hell. Do you want to talk about the joke just right off, right off yeah. top? What, what did, how did you take the joke? How did you take the joke's ending? It framed up just like the joke from uh, what? What Mike? What is the name of the guy who dies at the very beginning of Watchmen the movie? Uh, the comedian. The comedian. It's right. a joke that he. It like the joke he frames up at the beginning of which the is movie, her, which is her dad, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Uh, that they all sort of translate. It's like life is a big nothing. There is like nothing to like. God is. Like dead, even God of. is is killable, basically. Um, yeah, sort of. I mean, so we can run. We can in we, their universe. We, we can run through the joke too. She she like you said, she's setting it up that that God is, you know, he's meeting these three heroes at the pearly gates, and he condemns all three of them. Yeah, he condemns all three heroes. The who, third being Doctor Manhattan, the, though, who yeah. is also godlike, who is also basically a god. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and so each one, no matter. How many people they spared, how many people they saved, how many people they killed, like how noble their efforts or, you know, how callous their intentions were. They all end up going to being sent to hell. And the main reason, at least it struck me as the main reason, being that they all killed lots of innocent people. Because it keeps coming down to, do I even need to ask how many people you killed? Well, well except for the night owl who didn't kill enough people. He, was too, he gets sent to hell because he's too soft. Ah, well... Shouldn't have been such a softie. You know, like, so that's, that. that there was definitely, th that factored in too. It's like, it, I, it was almost like your, I almost felt like the, some of the meaning there was that no matter how good your intentions are, 
you kind of you end up in a hell for like trying to do good right yeah because what did what did uh, dr manhattan say like i'm already there uh, yeah I'm, he's like i he's like well i know what i know where you're gonna send me and he says how do you know and he says because i'm already in hell yeah fuck yeah i don't know that's been sort of the backbone of Watchmen as a story that that that, that also would make sense for agent blake's own personal narrative because uh you know, again, if you're not familiar, you might even be listening to us sit here and talk about this and be like, I don't know what's going on. She was a vigilante. She right. was Silk Spectre. Right. Obviously, since the end of, you know, the original Watchmen canon, things have changed so much so that she is now leading the FBI team, the anti-vigilanteism squad. Right. So, so, so I, th- there's, and there seems to be like a lot of, uh, resentment to both vigilantes and to maybe like where she's ended up now in For this sure. position. Cause her apartment's decked out in all the vigilante shit. Right. She's got the posters and the, the paintings and the blue dildo and like the whole shebang. She still like has a connection to that world. Well, and then at the so end I, when they drop the car right in front of her, she's happy about it. Yeah. It's like, it's, she's like psyched that they're still out there. So, so, the, you know, I think that. That part of that joke is like, we all tried to do this really noble thing. We all tried to like put our best efforts out there, and basically we all got shat on for it, or something like that. Maybe. But the the part that that part was a little bit more understandable. I didn't quite get like, she threw the brick in the air, which was obviously the first part of the joke, which we didn't know was going to connect to the second part of the yeah, joke. Yeah. By the time we got to that, I was like, wait, okay, when did she throw the brick? And then the brick <laughs> killed the brick kills God. God. Yeah. So I'm not totally clear on on the uh, you know. I think that was just some very large foreshadowing that she has a plan. Okay. And she's going to shake shit up herself. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. It was a lot of philosophizing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, frankly, because it's a Lindelof show, I didn't find myself seeking meaning in it. Okay. I was just like, those were neat words, <laughs> and I appreciate that. But I also am not insane enough to tr- to go down the Lindelof rabbit hole of fucking logic. Okay. Next question for you. The car that falls at the end. Is that Angela's car? Is that the one that got picked up by the big spaceship magnet thingy? I asked myself that question. Okay. I didn't go and like, look. Do set, Follow up. Do you think Dr. Manhattan dropped that car? No, I think it fell from that spaceship. Okay. The, the so flying no, thing with so the, you the, think the, the it picked it up coincidental. with? Coincidental that what? That 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 she that she just told the, the story about the brick falling from the sky and killing God and then... A car falls from the sky and almost kills her. I don't know now that you're saying that because it's confusing. Like I don't know. I thought it was the car because I saw the little light. I mean, the flying spaceship. Thing I that thought they it have. was the car that the that the ship picked up. Right. So I was, I. But then you know, obviously, well, maybe Doctor Manhattan is the one controlling that goddamn spaceship that picked up the car. Mike, your takes. <laughs> <laughs> what what happened here? What, what's with the car dropping at the end? Currently, it's all a mystery. I don't even know. Nothing in my Watchmen fandom tells me what's going on with this. Okay. It could easily just be the car dropped in front of her. Now she has a lead in sure. her investigation because mm-hmm. she obviously suspects a bar right. of something, which she should. Um, or maybe Dr. Manhattan is giving her this lead. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. I took that light in the sky as the old school Watchmen spaceship thing. That they fucked around and crashed mm-hmm, earlier mm-hmm. in episode one that was, you know, used throughout the movie. I don't think that thing could pick up a car. That's not what picked up the car at the end of 
Oh, episode no. two? No. Oh, shit. What did? No, some like big, massive spaceship thing. I thought that thing was attached to that fucking <laughs> ship. I don't think no. so. What? <laughs> oh, man. No, because that magnet is like the size of the owl ship. Yeah. So. I got no yeah. clue what's going on. This thing was like a bug. Who took that ship? old black man? We don't know. Nobody knows. A son of a bitch. <laughs> You know, I always say, like, you only need three episodes before you really know a show. In the past 24 hours, I've proven that wrong on two fronts. I needed 20 minutes with C, and I needed uh, all the, three episodes with this has given me nothing. All the critics I trust who got early screeners of Watchmen say the first six. After after number six, oh, good. you're locked in and not just locked into a compelling story, but you understand where it's heading. I respect Lindelof's effort uh, to say fuck making it about numbers and getting viewers i'm gonna make this about making it good in art well uh, i mean but i mean i'm we're three in here and and i feel pretty locked in i'm locked in don't get me wrong i love everything that's going on but i have no clue what the end game for this story is i'm still every every element of the story is still incredibly open-ended no he's he is giving us the cards in the deck like very slowly like we don't we do not, we're not playing with a full hand right now right i know, you know yeah yeah, I mean? yeah no absolutely and i mean that's why when the episode ends i'm not finding myself frustrated wondering like i still don't know what right, anything is right i'm like all right lindelof i see what you're doing keep playing your little magic game yeah just don't yeah. lost me at the end of it please right right and, and i trust the guy and yeah. i trust hbo I, and I, I don't think i don't think you're gonna get the whole lost thing because another thing that i've heard is that he is basically not guaranteed that he'll even make a season two, even if HBO renews him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this could very well end up being a miniseries if that's the direction he chooses to go. Interesting. Now, I doubt it. I think he'll make another season. Yeah, this feels way too, like, franchisable. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I just feel like, I guess it'll depend on the numbers, too, but... HBO will just cut the check, you know what I mean? Sometimes they don't give a fuck about the numbers. Like, Euphoria is going to get renewed for a decade. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's But it's, you know, it's more about the buzz these days, right? Sure. Well, yeah. and that it's just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, just so you know, we'll see. But I, I, I think that the story is going to end in a, you know, I'm sure it will be slightly open-ended, but I also think that he'll try to give us some type of... Uh, final statement. Mike, this, what were you saying? On this thesis here. I was just saying with HBO renewing these low-rated shows, it's just about building a library of content. Yeah, yeah. They're constantly yeah, true, sell to true. us. True. It's yeah. like yeah. putting together a magazine. You want to make each issue full, right? And they keep sort of like, yeah, it's a stable for them. Mm-hmm. And they want, you know, they got each individual. That's what a great point, you though. Want that, well, that's a great point, though, because now in the with the with the way that the streaming wars and all the streaming services competing against each other going like that's that's honestly just like mike said that's that's the prize now that's the that's that's the that's the feather in your cap is that you have a back catalog worth people forking over their their seven dollars a month or whatever it is yeah that's why they still advertise the shit out of the sopranos yeah because that shit sucks people in still. Right. Still to this day people are like oh fuck i never watched the sopranos hbo subscription beep bop boop fifteen dollars bye um Okay, so let's see. What what else happened? We, What's going we, on with that old man that might be in another timeline who ends up being Ozymandias? Yes, Ozymandias. Okay, here here was my takeaway on Ozymandias. I do think that Ozymandias is in the modern timeline. Thank you. Thank you. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's the, a flashback. So, you know, let's see. What happened? He is... 
he's killing his clones still, you know, mm-hmm. by submitting them to various experiments. Why not? Yeah. Bored out there. We nice piece of get property. some indication that he is attempting to send them into space or make them fly, sort of. I have they no need to clue go, what he was doing go, with that they guy, They need to bro. go up and out because there's glass domes on the face. There's thick leather. He needs to go kill the bison or the buffalo so he can make a thicker suit. Right. And then there's that big-ass catapult. Okay, I didn't notice it was a catapult. I think he's just flinging these motherfuckers into the air. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is trapped on Mars. You think he's on Mars? I think Dr. Manhattan has trapped him on Mars. Okay. And he's trying to bust the fuck out. So I think, I feel like he's, okay, that's interesting. Because that's, he's definitely like cordoned off somewhere. He's mm-hmm. basically, because w- w- the, another piece of th- that we got in this episode is somebody saying like, Ozymandias is, they just confirmed his death or whatever. Right. Somebody says that yeah. along the line. Okay. And in the first episode, there was a newspaper headline that said, okay. Adrian Veidt is dead. But he, but he is, but, but after the game warden, who, by the way, we got no idea what the game, who the game warden is right now writes him that letter and it's like under the terms of our or under the conditions of our terms yes so he he is def he feels trapped somewhere and he's trying to figure out how to escape yeah what are those uh characters in video games that are bots Uh the game warden's a bot i think controlled or created by dr manhattan in this (laughs) weird world that's on mars that's my weird perfect sense i haven't read masked a masked bot yeah. Like in the sort of the Watchmen flavor okay, of Dr. That's, Manhattan. That's pretty good. That's an in, that's an interesting uh, theory that he is up on Mars. So I, I, one of the- kind He's of, a real fucking troublemaker. We know that. He, mm-hmm. you he's know, a squid he, guy, right? He's he's the squid guy. Yeah. yeah. And he, and we also, in the joke, uh, Lori, Lori is her name, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Lori, I, when she's describing the first hero, which is Vite, which is Ozymandias. Sure. She talks about how his gift- was is to build things, to create, to invent. Right. So he, wherever he is, cordoned off, you know, quarantined, locked up in this castle spot, he's still uh, he's building shit. And he's making stuff. My big question is: Did he, <laughs> with whatever he was given, did he like start making clones or? Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I, it, <laughs> I would like some insight into the clone thing. <laughs> How many he's got? Where are they popping out of? He keeps saying he's going to be able to use the dead ones. They're saving him in the fucking oh, yeah, basement. They're saving him in the basement. We'll we know him soon enough. We know that Doctor Manhattan's power is ultimate, and he can do whatever he wants. So he can create people. He can create a world, which is maybe what he's done here. And maybe Vite has found a way to tap into some of that power in a small way to create these clones to run his experiments. Okay. What a bizarre! I can't wait to see how this comes together. Right, because yeah. we're obviously building towards something very big yes. at some point in regard to Doctor Manhattan, Vite slash Ozymandias, and on horseback out there with a game warden. What? <laughs> I mean, what in the hell, man? What in the hell? Yeah, this is another one where I'm like, I keep like smoking a joint and watching an episode, and I'm like, I shouldn't have smoked that joint. This is a very no. confusing television he, show. I think. Lindelof wants you to smoke that joint. He does. While you watch this. Yeah, and I, I mean. That's why I don't care about the confusion because it just gets me thinking about shit. And yeah, like, you, can, oh, yeah. you, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but for an, an experienced um, ingester of pots, of pots, uh-huh. it, you, you, that just feels like something normal that you do. Like that's part of like your- Smoke weed and watch TV? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but so ha- some shows are, can be like, all right, some shows- 
if you smoke and watch them and they're too confusing, you have to go watch them again sober because okay. you don't know what really happened. Okay. And this is sort of one of those where you have to be careful. It's like, yeah. it's really fun, but it's also, it's important to remember the shit that's happening because right now none of that stuff matters and at some point it clearly will. Right. right. And I need to be able to remember how we got there. So yeah. I got to be careful. I'm just saying. Um, let's see. We've got the senator out there who we learn was the creator of this DOPA act, which allows all the policemen to mask up, to mask up here, there in Tulsa. Now we've, now we're, we're asking the, the tantalizing questions, right? What's the difference between a vigilante and a mask cop? I don't know. I don't know either, man. Me either. I don't know either. Great, uh, great question for the, for the brain to chew on there, right? What's the one at the beginning of The Departed? He's like, when you're facing a loaded gun, what's the difference? That one always bugged me. It's Jack Nicholson, and he's talking about why, if you were being a cop or a gangster, mm, mm. when you're facing a loaded gun, what's the difference? And I was like, what? <laughs> the difference is right and wrong. What do you mean? You're either a good guy or a bad guy. There's a huge fucking difference. That one never made sense to me, and it sets up the whole movie. Well, uh, right, because that's the, that's the I, point. I know, I know. The fucking lines are all blurred. <laughs> God, is um, this what everything's going to be now? We make superhero movies about crooked superheroes, cop movies about s- crooked cops, just so everything's crooked. There, you know, as I've been, wa- as uh, three episodes in, uh, The Boys definitely, like, owes owes something to Watchmen, for something? sure. Something? It owes a great bit. Yeah, there, there's a lot of that. I keep finding myself pulling from The Boys universe. I'm like, isn't it Voight? Voight? Voight in this show. Mm-hmm. Isn't Voight? In oh. the boys, mm. is it Voight Industries? Oh, Vought. Vought. Yeah, good point. What the? F- so a- Adrian Vight. I keep thinking to myself, like, all right, so he's the guy who who started all the Watchmen, and then I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> dumbass, that's a totally different show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There have been some parallels, some some similarities. Um, but so yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got the DOPA Act going on. They want other states to be able to to also have this, and I get you know it's. That part is just one of these interesting things that I that I think even for the casual watcher, the show is doing well, which is like posing that type of question. Sure. Was like, if you don't know who the cops are, that's that feels really dangerous. That feels... That's problematic, that's prob- It feels yeah, problematic. That's, that's, a, that's a real for, for fucking the, problem. For, for the, the law enforcers, for the people that are supposed to be protecting and serving the community, for the community to not even be able to know who There's no accountability are. there. So, yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um... And then obviously we're still dealing with who killed Judd Crawford, right? And whether or not he was like a grand dragon. Right. Or, or not. And I don't think we got any, I, I certainly didn't pick up on any clues. That, one way or the other? One way or the yeah. other on no, this particular no movement episode. No, no movement, movement at all. Movement at all. Yeah. No movement. Yeah. The disgu- when they start talking about it and she's like, you know, it's the funniest thing. I found this hidden compartment. And she's like... Well, first of all, why were you looking? And she's like, my dad had one. And I guess that was the comedian. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept thinking that conversation was going to lead to us finding out whether or not he actually was like some type of sick Ku Klux Klan yeah. or whatever. If he was in the 7th Cavalry, it's not the KKK, it's the 7th Cavalry, um, or what, but it didn't. It just left it. Yeah. And Angela, I, if I was Lori, when Angela pours that coffee down the hole, uh-huh. I would have been like, yeah, well, I just stole that from my partner anyway. I didn't even get that for you. Yeah, I know. It wasn't, I, <laughs> wasn't even yours. wasn't even yours. Don't even care. Nobody lost here except for you. <laughs> Ross, if you really want to know what's going on, the character uh, who played the partner of the FBI, Lori's partner okay. in this episode, mm-hmm. um, 
you can go to HBO's website, and there are wiki entries supposedly written by that character. Okay. That fills in everything. We talked about this a little bit yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. No, but, and I, yeah. I did actually, I saw some more stuff about that this week. It's called like the Petypedia? Yeah, because his last name is Petey. Yeah, ah, okay. Yeah, that I makes, like yeah. when shows put stuff on the internet. Really interesting wrinkle, though. Um, that you know that HBO is like, like they're offering you more information yeah. basically if you go engage with. Sure, you know, it's the It's what Linda Loft did with Lost. They're pretty much doing it again here. Yeah, that's where I remember mm-hmm. Lost had shit online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of supplemental material you could read and fill in the gaps right. online. Oh, I didn't Lost. know. I didn't. But there have been a couple Lost. examples of this though, because sure. I remember there was another show that Mostly I was sci-fi hitting. shows, fantasy shows. Mm-hmm. I feel like they made a website for like Saul for Better Call Saul. They had the real website for like Walter White's fundraising. They did it for oh, Breaking right, Bad back right, in the day. Yeah. There was like some Breaking Bad shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've always enjoyed that. Hashtag anyway, en- hashtag engagement. Mike, was there anything else from Watchmen episode three that we we need not forget before we move on? Um, probably. I mean, uh, like <laughs> off the, off the top of your head, though. Off the top of my head, um, I've seen a lot of confusion and some anger online over the giant blue dildo. I thought it was really funny. Why was there anger about it? I Who don't could know. Be angry about people a giant are, blue dildo. People were just like, "I'm not. What a disgrace this this has become." This show, and there's like screen caps of it. Like, oh. I can't believe this is happening. You're talking hardcore like Reddit Watchmen fans? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, the Reddit Watchmen fans didn't appreciate the giant build? Well, maybe not the Reddit fans. I'm painting with a broad brush. But okay. I All saw right. some Twitter outrage about It was about me. This. It was my brush. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a big blue brush. You saw some outrage, though. Yeah. That huh. also, backstory there, Silk Spectre, Laurie had a relationship with Dr. Manhattan. For right. like 20 years. For like yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Can uh, Mike, timeline-wise, can you fill me in here? When was her relationship with Dr. Manhattan? When was her relationship with Night Owl? Night Owl was right after the events of the Watchmen comic, or actually right before they ended. They hooked up again when Dr. Manhattan went to Mars. Okay. And we got a reference to Night Owl. It's another thing you should probably talk about in this episode. Uh, the senator said something like, if you help me, I can scratch your back and I can get your owl out of the cage. Yeah, right. Which tells us that Night Owl was locked up Night Owl's in, in custody. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Yes. Oh. Night Owl was the other, was the character that she ran around with in the movie too, huh? Yeah. Yes. The very handsome man who was in uh, one of the movies that I watched that we're going to discuss later. Actually, yeah. Bone uh, Tomahawk. Uh, shit, his name is slipping Patrick right now. Patrick Wilson. something. Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Wilson. Patrick yeah, yeah, Wilson. Right. I like him. Um, yeah, uh, one other piece of backstory that I was reminded of when I was doing a little bit of reading about the episode, the Senator Keene, who created this DOPA act, his father is a part of the graphic novel. His father was like the Senator that created, basically made vigilantism legal. Yeah. Right. The... He made the Keen Act, which made Keen all Act. superheroes register with the government if they wanted to be vigilantes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This shit's going to be... I'm going to need a reference board, <laughs> like the Aria kill count we uh-huh. used to have. Just uh-huh. a big billboard in here that says like the important points I need to remember. <laughs> yeah. My God. All right. Moving on from Watchmen. Oh, it's- I was just going to... We, we we didn't cl- wrap up our, our talk about the uh, blue penis there. Oh, sure. I just... I just um, <laughs> I was just gonna give my give my take on it, on on the big blue penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's clearly very sentimental about Doctor Manhattan. Sure. And so that's like her her sexual pleasure at night on all these road trips. Yes, she uh, 
still has a soft spot in her heart. Yeah. Or somewhere else for Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. And she fills it. And because with that, that and, big and blue dildo. Dr. Manhattan, you know, he is a manipulator of both time and space. Indeed. So even though at one point prior to being Dr. Manhattan, he may have had an average man's schlong. Indeed. He could theoretically expand, contract, enlarge, thicken. Oh, very much Any so. or all of the above Indeed. to his appendage. Absolutely. And therefore, such he, replication, it. <laughs> as it were, <laughs> would be giant and shiny and smooth. He's dealing with a giant, smooth, shiny blue torpedo of a penis. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's big, it's not small, and it's yeah. torpedo-esque. But, but on this evening, she, deci- she decides, uh-uh, I need the real thing. Yeah, she does. So, there you go. Does she go get the real thing? Yeah, from from her partner, Petey. Oh, Petey. Yeah, I forgot she goes and sleeps with old Petey. He picks up a yeah. dub. Petey gets the win in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good for him. Now moving on. From now moving on, yeah. This yeah. episode of OCC is also brought to you by Stance. Have you noticed you're seeing or hearing a bunch of ads for socks? Like just years ago, nobody ever talked about socks. Why so much noise about something we never used to care about? It's because one brand absolutely changed the game when it comes to socks, and that brand is Stance. Their creativity, design, and quality is so incredible that it has ignited a movement around a piece of apparel no one had ever paid attention to before, and all that attention brought out a bunch of wannabe brands that that began saturating our lives with sock ads. Stance is the best of the best, though. Pay no attention to the pretenders. This is the only brand you need to care about, the, the one that actually started it all. I have, like, probably 70 pairs of these socks. They're phenomenal I have a pair on my feet right now. I have a pair on my feet every freaking day. If I have socks on my feet, they are stance. They're incredible. If you're one of the millions of people who have fallen in love with stance, you already know why the sock world loves it so much. Your feet haven't been the same since. The designs are incredible. They're insanely comfortable. The durability is unmatched. The butter blend socks are phenomenal. My personal favorite little uh, brand within the brand that they've got going. They also have a ton of incredible collaborations, a lot of great movie collabs, Pulp Fiction, Toy Story, Star Wars, Marvel, Rick and Morty that we're going to be talking about, uh, Stranger Things, Step Brothers, Caddyshack. They've got all incredible designs for some of the best movies ever made. Stance. It's 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 seriously. I will never put anything else on my feet ever again. There's a reason Stance changed the sock game game forever, and they want you to try them for yourself. That's why our listeners can get a free pair of socks with purchase at stance.com/dragon. This brand not only feels good on your feet, it makes your heart feel good too. By the way, for their annual support of Socks for Heroes, Dragon. which sends fresh socks to deployed military that badly need them, to collabs that have raised money for clean water initiatives in Africa to California wildfire victims, to breast cancer awareness, their annual sponsorship of the World Adaptive Surf Champion, uh, Championship. Excuse me. They do a ton of incredible stuff. It's awesome to see how much Stance gives back. Go to stance.com slash dragon. Get a free pair of socks with purchase. Stance.com slash dragon. Because if they're not Stance, they're just socks. All right. Let's let's talk about these Apple Plus shows. A- I'm okay. sorry. Apple TV Plus. Apple Excuse TV Plus. Me. Yes. Excuse me. Get it Can right. we start by right. jumping back to our conversation from the beginning of the episode? Yes, we may. What Apple did a couple months back, or maybe even more recently than that, when they announced iTunes is gone. Right? Right. They said no more iTunes. Although iTunes is still frustratingly on my computer. 
oh, is that so? Because it's still fresh. It's everywhere. It still exists in full everywhere. And it's still labeled iTunes. It still says it on my Apple TV app. There's an iTunes yeah, in there. And, and somehow it's like the only way, well, if I want to look at, uh, you know, this podcast or, or the other podcast on iTunes, uh, on, on an Apple app, I have to go to iTunes and it's just archaic. On a computer, yes. It's just really, it's amazing that they can create this right here. I'm holding the, an the iPhone. iPhone. And that they also still have something called iTunes, which is just, I mean, you know. It's a disaster. And <laughs> Apple Music has been, a, I mean, I've had it here and there. It's okay. Spotify is much better in my opinion. Apple has sort of fallen off, man. It's like, listen, I'm still an iPhone guy too. I've got the newest one. I love it. It's phenomenal. It's still better than any other phone in my opinion. But compared to the flawlessness of back in the day, mm. there are so many issues. The most recent one being that predictive text is completely fucking broken. I can't say anything I want to say. It's a disaster. It just predicts random words. I'm not having a, so much trouble with the predictive text getting my thoughts wrong as I am with things like this. It just wants to automatically capitalize Austin all, into all caps now. Oh, yeah? I, I don't know why. It does that on my phone, too. <laughs> it's really fun. Fucking love Your it. Your city, the city now, is just... So I'm just, I, I scream, scream at Austin at people now. It's really... Uh, Absolute It's nightmare. very annoying. So they've rolled out their, their streaming service, Apple TV Plus, which is just, again, I cannot stress enough... <laughs> how poorly branded everything they do is at this point. Well, what were they supposed to call it? Just Apple Plus. I don't know. Oh, or just okay. Apple TV. Well, di- but Why di- the fuck but do you have to add because Disney already Because Disney already came out and theirs is Disney Plus. So then leave it Apple TV. You have Apple TV. But they TV. already named a product Apple TV. Who cares? So I like, guarantee somebody made that argument and they were like, you're right, we can't do it again. It doesn't matter. They didn't want there to be confusion. Now there's confusion. <laughs> I'm confused. So the, the, there's like, all right, let's say there's... Four big shows they that they marketed. ITV. That would have been, that was the worst <laughs> of their options, of their like four or five <laughs> options. There's C, the one starring our boy uh, Jason, Jason Momoa, Momoa, aka yeah. Call Jogo from, from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. There's the morning show starring Drew, uh, not Drew Barrymore, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell. And Steve Carell. Uh, there's Dickinson, which is, as we discussed at the beginning of the show, uh, it's a, a, a modern take on Emily Dickinson where she loves Drake a lot. That's now she, not the truth. I believe, no, okay. So Dickinson is still based in the 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 right era. Yeah, I just, just that, I'm just making that up. I'm just It's joking. just that they like, I think, I believe it's still based in that era. They just like say things like swag now. That's not true though, right? <laughs> we can't carry the joke too far. People are going to believe it. And then they're, and then we're gonna get sued by whoever we, made Dickinson. We, we're, we're, I promise you, we're not far off. It's one of these things. I believe it is. You're set, serious? I believe it is set in the proper era, but there are like modern, there are like modern themes and goings ons. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Well, that's interesting. But those are like the four main ones. See the morning show Dickinson for all mankind. But then there's also the Elephant Queen. Yep. Helpsters, which is like Sesame Street, but with a different name and different characters. Ghostwriter, Snoopy in Space, Oprah's Book Club caught my eye. I don't know what they All paid right. to make that happen or what that even entails. I just assume it's Oprah talking about books, um, which is not my bag, baby. <laughs> Servant, Hala, and Truth Be Told. Um, but the four that I want, we want to do the the uh, synopsis of today yeah, yeah. Are, are the main ones. Okay. okay? So the first one we'll discuss is C. Okay. The synopsis for C, again, this is starring Jason Momoa. Far in a dystopian future, the human race has lost the sense of sight. 
and society has had to find new ways to interact, build, hunt, and survive. All of that is challenged when a a set of twins is then born with sight. So, how hyped are you for that show based on that description? Uh, Not hyped. Sorry. Is that because I started watching a little bit of it already? It's not. No. This one was... I can't really put a finger on it, but... The second I saw the preview for this, I knew it was not there. Okay, it was in a bad spot. I, I think this is. I think this is where I'm going with it. The, C this this the plot line that you just the the description that you just gave for C sounds like it should be a movie, like a sci-fi movie starring Jason Momoa, that maybe like registers at like a six on my interest scale, and that I watch one night on HBO. Right. Which is what they did with Denzel Washington when they made that one movie where he couldn't see. <laughs> Book of Eli? Yeah. 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 That was a good watch this shit on HBO <laughs> yeah. one night movie. My dumb ass saw it in theaters and was like, but well, this was silly. But they, instead, they took this concept and now they're like, but we're going to make an entire series with multiple episodes about it. And I don't know. There's just something that just rings hollow about it. It's like Children of Men, except for instead of- I will, I will be upfront about something. Children- uh, no children it's no sight when you mess with the senses it is very difficult to do it is very difficult for me to watch a show and think and remember and know oh every character on screen is blind mm. they can't see any of the things i can see there's like an immediate disconnect yeah and it's just a it's like if you read me that synopsis and mm-hmm. i didn't know anything about who was in the show or of any trailer to go off of or anything i'd be like that's going to be a tough one that's yeah. going to be a tough one you're you're playing with vision it's going to be a tough one. Uh, that being said, yeah, this is this is probably. I mean, it's the one I'm most excited to see. What's up? No pun intended, mm. because it's insane that they went for this, and it looks incredibly expensive. You just hope that the creators of a show like that, like, have some sort of vision for it, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Maybe there's some sort of back. I don't know. Series of books, perhaps, or something mm. for them to go off of. I don't know. Maybe they have that. Maybe they don't. Um, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to shit. We'll talk more about it when I watch some yeah, on yeah. Patreon. Moving on to the morning show. The morning show. This is the flagship. Is this the flagship? This is the flagship. So this is the all-the-way flagship. Yeah, it's like the most expensive TV show ever produced. Wait, really? Why? I think so, yeah. I think How, I, 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 Because I, of the cast? Among other things, they all cost like a jillion dollars. They really did. No I shit. Think they, I think they're each getting a million an episode. Okay, so they dumped money into this one. Like crazy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's got Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Mark Duplass. Uh, oh God. There's Billy Steve Crudup. Carell, Billy Crudup. Who plays Doctor Manhattan in the Watchmen movie? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. All things are connected, Barrett. <laughs> All of us. I wish I knew well enough the Wedding Crashers Vince Vaughn line where he's doing that, but I can't, so I won't. Um, this one. Is uh, it's about a newsroom of sorts. No, it's an inside look at the lives of the people who help America wake up in the morning, exploring the unique challenges faced by the men and women who carry out this daily televised ritual. Yeah. So Jennifer Aniston is the old head. It's co- this is costing one hundred and fifty million a season. <laughs> Which, uh, just to lay it out for you, that's basically what I, I would have to look this up. So I, I could be a little bit off here. That, I believe, is more than the final seasons of Game of Thrones were costing. That is patently insane. Like, I, be- I, I think that the, the budgets for those last seasons of Game of Thrones were like 100, 120 million. 
we're in that range. That's insane, man. That's crazy. But Jennifer Aniston's like the old head news reporter, and uh, Reese Witherspoon is the young one coming in, and there's all sorts of conflict and shit. I believe Steve Carell may be fired in some capacity. Yeah, they're, they're certainly, it looks by the trailers that they're going to try to tackle Me Too, the Me Too movement. Steve Carell is, I mean, they're really, really like, I, I mean, pulling from the headlines, like Steve Carell is going to be in a Matt Lauer type situation, it would appear. Oh, word. Yeah, like he, yeah. Um, and then, uh, the yeah, the premise of this show is going to be potentially Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston, like, you know, moving along and, and making their way as the new morning show co-hosts. Morning show mommies. Mor- yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Excitement we, level for this one? We got some sprinkles here, some Greg sprinkles of the newsroom. From very, HBO. Very much so. Some of the, there, I'm getting a little bit of that vibe. A little feel there, okay. There was also a show, a, a movie called Morning Glory that had Rachel McAdams and uh, was it Harrison Ford maybe? Uh, that, that came out five, six, seven years ago, somewhere in that range. Allow me to look. And that was that was about, I believe, morning show people as well, or it was at least about, you know, TV anchors like this, news anchors. 2010. 2010. And yeah, was newly hired as a producer on a national morning news national program morning called show, Daybreak, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So there's like some precedent for this being- an And inter- Harrison Ford, yes. There's, there's some precedent for this being an interesting concept. Uh, interestingly enough, I, I would say none of those, you know, predecessors really were all that like critically lauded or publicly loved. The newsroom was a Twitter show, so Twitter loved it. That and was the, it, though. And the newsroom had really, really great pieces, and then also it was, just was Sorkin trash, and, and, and only was, people on Twitter loved it. And then it was also uh, occasionally just like unwatchable. Yes, that's true. Also, I, I was I found one of myself, the people on Twitter who loved it for a little. Bit. I found, yeah, I found myself on both sides of that, uh, both sides of that. Debate. I did too. I did too. I, I I was on both sides at one point, or and another. I I don't even think I watched the final season. Of I ended it up despising everything really they did with that just, show. Yeah, yeah they yeah. ran it completely off the rails. Okay. But at the beginning, it was good. Sh- shouts to Jeff Daniels, basically the opening monologue where he ta- where he basically says why America is not the greatest country and like makes the uh, college student cry for asking the question. Yes, at the panel. Yeah, uh, maybe a top fifteen television moment. Like ever for me, it carried me through the entirety of season one. It, that that it, one moment, it was pretty, just an epic TV scene for me. I love Jeff Daniels too. Yeah. So seeing him do anything well um, brings me joy. So yeah, I, look, my hype level is is more than C for sure. I I just it, it'll be interesting to see. Well, God, it you sucks. Can't, when can't they, help. Why they name it that? Why making that uh the bastards? Yeah, keep saying that word over and over again. I don't know. I, I'm I am a little bit. Look, the early murmurs on this show are pretty mixed, and so I know that going in. At the same time, this show has undeniable star power. Yes, and I am interested in seeing that. It 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 worries me a bit that half of the female star power is Jennifer Aniston. I love Jennifer Aniston, dude. Name a movie or television show where Jennifer Aniston had to act. Friends. Yeah, so it's it's worrisome. She's fucking hilarious, and she's still beautiful, albeit she's had a little bit too much fucking work done. I am just worried. Reese Witherspoon is like a now proven A-list actress. She mm-hmm. can act. Right. Jennifer Aniston is Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays. And look, 
Out of all of the Apple Plus shows, this is the one I'm most looking forward to giving a chance. Okay. I'm not sitting here pretending I'm going to like, uh, that I'm super hyped on it or that I'm going to love it. Yeah. Moving on to Dickinson. Here's your synopsis. An inside look at the world of writer Emily Dickinson. Yeah. That's it. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I've pulled up from the uh, the Wikipedia here. Oh, thank Shall God. Because someone needs more information. This is not going to get the conversation done, Barrett. <laughs> one sentence. Uh, I knew it was yeah. an inside look at the world of writer Emily Dickinson. You named it Dickinson. Dickinson takes place during Emily Dickinson's era with a modern sensibility and tone. It takes viewers into the world of Emily, audaciously exploring the constraints of society, gender, and family from the perspective of a budding writer who doesn't fit into her own time through her imaginative point of view. Dickinson is Emily's coming-of-age story, one woman's fight to get her voice heard. Wow. Wow, I hope she writes poems. I really hope she writes some poems. Does she write poems? You, here's what you can expect on I'm not giving this I'm not giving this one away. I'm not giving this piece of trivia away. What? But I'm going to drop a very interesting piece of Emily Dickinson trivia on you tomorrow on the Patreon. Wow, what yeah. a huge tease that was. It's going to blow your mind. My God, I can't wait for that, Barrett. And Let's move on. And if that's not worth your $5, then I don't know what it is. Hell, friend, I'd pay 20 <laughs> bucks for that secret right now. I may, the second the show ends. For All Mankind, the synopsis is, the series explores what would happen, what would have happened if, this, if the global space race had never ended. Yeah. Synopsis-wise, this is my bag, baby. This is the one that very, I'm most psyched for. Very psyched on this one. That being said, it is not being uh, reviewed well. Again, yeah. Early reviews mixed mm. at best, I would say. Yes, which I'm not the biggest, like, I don't really like to go off of that. But for I the most yeah, part, I dude, if your show's getting fives and sixes across the board, it's a five or a six show. I am yet to see a place where, like, critics just got it dead wrong. Well, you know what I, I mean? And, and I believe what Apple has done here, at least I know this for the morning show, is that there are three episodes currently out. Apple TV Plus launched launched on November first, so it hasn't it has it has not even been a week yet, and I believe that that's that was kind of the model okay. here. Is they're giving you there is a there's a, a sampling of each of these shows. Ah, fair enough. So we can't full blown judge so any of these yet. Fully really, yeah, you can't. I think that for any of them, it's too early to just like straight up bury them. Sure, but but we're getting close. But yeah, I mean, three is typically. We we usually say that three is like the gauge. Yeah. And also, I mean, for a lot of the shows that we really, really like, we're pretty hooked after one or two. Absolutely. I mean, in the first episode I ever watched of Game of Thrones, I was like, oh, yeah. So, you know, but I, yeah, this is right up my alley. I love space movies, Interstellar, Gravity, like all that type of stuff. Like I, And then combine that with a, probably the kind of most interesting piece of American history, which is like post-World War, or ba basically from World War II up until the Cold War. Sure. You know? Sure. Like, we're right we're right here in that, like, JFK space race type stuff, and it, it sounds pretty pretty lit, man. I'm a big fan of uh, the movie uh, Rocket Man from 1997, though, not the most recent one. With starring Elton John? With Elton John, no, not, not that one. The one starring... Um, Harland Williams. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As Fred Randall, astronaut that, Fred it, Randall. Doesn't it have a monkey in it? It does indeed. He yeah. has. A, he has. It's his friend. Yeah. Um, he's a geeky spacecraft designer who gets the chance to make his dream come true and travel to Mars. 
Can I tell you a Can I tell you a quick story about Rocket Man? Craig Mazin wrote it. Oh sh! What? Not fucking with you. I'm it's not. All, I'm not all, fucking. With you. It is all connected. It, it literally is all connected. It, Did you know that before you started bringing up Rocket Man? Rocket how Man? in the hell? How would I have known Craig Mazin wrote Rocket Man, the stupidest movie I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> what are the fucking odds that he wrote that? That is insane. That was just total luck. He's the Chernobyl guy. Yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're listening, yeah. going, who the fuck is Craig Mazin? He's like. <laughs> He's like the most serious person I've ever followed on Twitter. And he wrote Rocket Man? What? The Fred Randall one? That's wild. That's crazy shit. Here's my just my brief story about Rocket Man. So there's a there's a casting director here based in Austin, Texas. Her name is Beth Sepko, and she is like the preeminent casting director in Texas. If something like if something big or major is coming to Texas to film, Word. she's usually she is probably 75% of the time the casting director. Okay. So when I go into audition at her at her place of business, mm-hmm. there's all the framed like movie posters of the stuff that she's ca- basically of the films that she's casted. Okay. And it's like it's just a really interesting selection because it'll be like a Robert Rodriguez film and then there's Rocket Man up there. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> Who'd she cast for Rocket Man? Have you I, ever asked? She, no, no, she pro- she cast the the at least a portion of the film. Oh, like, wow. Like she was the casting director. She was the casting director. Yeah. That is that is unbelievable. Yeah. And hilarious. But I always look at, it's such a dumb movie poster too with that, with Harlan Williams just sitting there looking like a, <laughs> looking like a goon. Yes. And I always notice that one. I wonder what that guy's up to like right now. <laughs> I would love to know. He's probably like doing coke in yeah. a grungy bathroom somewhere. Yeah, it's probably something sad. Yeah. It's probably something that I don't want to know. Well, anyway, Apple TV Plus is out there. And as we said, we're going to be dis- over. We're going to be <laughs> we're going to be discussing those four main ones. See the morning show. Dickinson, it's a cardigan, but thanks for asking. And for God, he's the cop in that too. <laughs> for all mankind, um, well done, Barrett. On Patreon, specifically, that's where we're going to be diving in and, and and watching a little bit of each of those four main shows. Barrett and I are going to divvy them up, and then we're going to dig in. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Figs. Figs is an amazing company that's making scrubs stylish and functional for the people who deserve it most. For years, nurses, doctors, dentists, and other awesome medical professionals were forced to wear scratchy, ill-fitting scrubs. Not only were they ugly and uncomfortable, they were not designed with innovative technical properties to protect and hold life-saving tools. Uh, I, I think there's something we can all agree on. It's that nurses, doctors, dentists, and people who work in medicine and healthcare are pretty awesome. And all of us can think of a time when a medical professional helped us or a family member. These are the amazing people that dedicate their lives to caring for and serving others. Shouldn't these people wear scrubs that make them feel good? We sure think so. Uh, what they do every day is more than a job. What they wear is more than a uniform. Shouldn't they wear scrubs that help them feel good and perform at their best again? We think so, and so does Figs. Figs creates the highest quality medical apparel so that medical professionals look their best, feel their best, and perform at their best every day. Every set of Figs is anti antimicrobial, protects from germs and bacteria. It's ridiculous, ridiculously soft, moisture wicking, and features four-way stretch. Figs are made with yoga waistbands and come in a variety of styles from classic straight legs to joggers. Figs is going to blow your mind. If you have a medical professional in your life... This is the gift right here. Absolutely. I've, Absolutely. I've felt these things in my hand. I've placed them on my body. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, it's, you know, it's just, you could curl right up on the couch and watch all the Apple TV Plus shows. And I regularly things. do. And they make gift cards, by the way, for the lifesavers in your life. If for whatever reason you're like, I'm good. What about the lifesaver in your life? 
What about him? Get him a gift card. Next time your doctor, nurse, dentist, dermatologist, or pediatrician saves the day, tell them thank you by sending them figs. And as Barrett just mentioned, they're fantastic for all of us. Even if you're not in the medical professional industry, then you can wear them at home when you're relaxing. Because they're awesome and they're comfortable and they look great. Wearfigs.com, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com. Enter our code DRAGON at checkout and you'll get 15% off your first purchase by using our code DRAGON. Wearfigs.com, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com, code DRAGON, 15% off. And uh, like we said, if you got your doctor, your nurse, your dentist, somebody that kicked ass, maybe saved a tooth or a foot for you this year, get them a Figs gift card. Moving on. Barrett, I watched a handful of movies over the weekend. As I mentioned, I've been burning through things. Yeah, I wanted to very quickly share my general review of them for you. Okay, all right. First and foremost, Dolomite is my name which is the Eddie Murphy comeback movie on Netflix, okay? It got a lot of buzz when it first dropped Mm -hmm. or when it first was released to the critics to watch. And then uh, it came out with sort of almost like a little sputter, or at least in in, in my circles. My, yeah, that's my takeaway. That's exactly how I would have described it. Yeah, it it came out quiet. It seemed to have some buzz going, and then when it finally hit Netflix, it kind of just didn't really make a big splash. So I ended up watching it. And um, I found it to be very much worth watching. And in, in fact, I thought it was quite good. It 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 might get nominated for some shit. It was mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was basically like uh, that movie, The Room. What was it called? Or not The Room. It was the movie about the making of The Room, the uh, disaster artist. Disaster artist. Yeah. It's like black disaster artist, except if instead of ending with a terrible cult classic movie, it inspired like the whole black exploitation movement of the seventies. So it's a super cool element and it, and they credit this guy um and i forget the name of the the actual comedian that dolomite that plays dolomite it's this whole thing i'm not gonna explain it no spoilers but they credit him as the grandfather of rap because his sort of comedic style is to riff on and rhyme on and and sort of be braggadocious and and it's anyway it's it's it, i thought eddie murphy was phenomenal it was cool to see him like in his element you could tell he really like this was almost a role made for him Wesley Snipes is in the movie. He has like a random role. It, it, it's weird to see Wesley Snipes working and his character is not what you're expecting. So, so who He's an does, incredibly effeminate actor. Who does Eddie Murphy play? His character is an incredibly effeminate actor. Wesley Snipes is not an incredibly effeminate actor. Okay. What? Wait, what? Oh. Eddie Murphy plays Dolomite. Oh, okay. Slash okay. Okay. the comedian who plays Dolomite. Eddie Murphy is a comic. Gotcha. gotcha okay. Gotcha, gotcha. He's also a musician, but comic for our purposes. And he creates a character called Dolomite. Okay. All right. And the movie goes from there. Um, and, I, I and, do, what's up? And who's who's credited with with being the godfather of rap or grandfather of rap? Eddie Murphy's character. Oh, Dolomite. Yes. Or the comedian that got... Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, that one I highly recommend. I'd say like B plus for me. Do you think that uh, Chappelle's character from the Player Haters Ball owes anything to Dolomite? It... Almost definitely does. What's, um, it, what's his What's the What's his name in Player Hitters Ball? Why can't I think? Oh, of I can never remember. But yes, that whole black exploitation era is where Dave pulled those sort of over the top pimps and hoes and like beating down honkies and shit. Like that's all from that era. Mm-hmm. And Dave pulls a lot of his like sense of humor and his comedy from there. Um, the other one, Silky ne- Johnson. Silky Johnson. There you go. <laughs> The other one I watched, which by the way, there's a new Bumpy Johnson show with starring Forrest Whitaker. Is that on Apple? 
TV Plus? I don't think so, but it could be. Forrest Whitaker. But it could Bobby be. Johnson. I'm the fastest Googler in the world. It's called Godfather of Harlem, and it is on Amazon? 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 It's somewhere. It's somewhere. You figure it out. You're smart people. Google it. Googleize it. Uh, which show were we on? Oh, The King. The next movie I watched was The King. Okay, it's starring... Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. And, uh, and then his, his foe, his adversary in the movie is played by Robert... Pattinson. Pattinson, who plays the King of France. Pattinson. Pattinson's a G. Oh, yeah. I believe that Pattinson is maybe like our next... I'm trying to think of a good kind I'm of... I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you, though. But it, like... Maybe Leo is he's, the right. He's working his way into Leo the groove. Could, Leo could be the right kind of parallel. Leo, I don't think Leo was ever at a place where he was as artsy as Robert Pattinson is right now. But okay, Leo hit okay. Titanic so early that it was like, yeah, like but if you also kind of like, Rob, it's, it's, Titanic and like Twilight. You could, could hold kind them of up, be, sort could, of. You know, they're young heartthrobs. Yes, Titanic obviously is is objectively the better film. But they're still kind of global, objectively, yes, global, in every way. global phenomenons that kind of took over, launched into yeah, stardom, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then again, it's weird. like Leo probably didn't make as many of the kind of like goofy choices that Robert Pattinson did early. That's fair, like post Twilight. That's fair. But there's got to be somebody, maybe uh, uh, even like maybe somebody like Robert Downey Jr. I'm not, I don't know. But you can feel him slipping into he that is, like A list yes, tier where totally. you where if you see him in a movie. You're gonna to want to go see that yep, movie yep, yep, because you yep. know he crushes it. I'll say this, man. He's a pretty secondary character here. His the villain he plays is not on screen a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. He crushes it. He's so hateable, so good at playing like the sleaziest Frenchman of all time. He's he's an unbelievable villain in this movie. And I would almost say his performance alone makes it worth watching. But yeah. Timothy Chalamet, how Chalamet in it? He's great, man. From the get go, you're like, all right, this kid can carry this, yeah. like. Medieval, this type of film, um, if you are, if you get cocky with it, like it can get boring super quick because they all have sort of the same elements. Mm-hmm. Like in this one, even it grabs, there's a part that's directly from Battle of the Bastards. Like if you watch this movie, you will see it and you will go, okay, uh, it's a little, it's a little bit of a rip. It's like, you could call it a tap, a, a cap tip if you would, but it, it was more of a rip. Anyway, my point being, he carries this movie. Timothy Shaw, this is his vehicle. He's on screen the entire freaking time, and he plays, uh, oh my God, his name is slipping my mind. Not, not, King, not, did you say King Henry? Is it King Henry? I don't know. But his boy that runs with him too is like an adaptation of um, Little John from from Robin Hood, which is strange. Little, yeah. Little John is his like sidekick, badass former general that he pulled. Anyway, again, this was a good-ass movie, dude. Netflix, two in a row here. I watched these back to back in two different days. Uh, like I watched Dolomite one night and The King the next, and I expected at least one of them to be very disappointing, based on the clip that we're churning out movies. Yeah. No, yeah. I hit two in a row. Yeah, he plays King Henry the Fifth. Thank you, King Henry, King Henry the Fifth, and it, it's 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 a historically very cool movie too. If you're into that sort of period, if you're into that period of history, it, it also has. Uh, wait, I think maybe the the friend that you're saying who plays Little John. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is uh, Joel Edgerton. That is him, yes. Yeah. Great actor. Absolutely phenomenal, yeah. How about this? How about this? I bet you didn't know this. The King is a 2019 historical drama film based on several plays from William Shakespeare's Henriad. I had no idea. The Bard himself. 
My God, man. <laughs> I'm so cultured for having watched this. Yeah. Uh, I'd give this one an A minus even. I mean, it was. Look, as far as Netflix oh, movies go. Oh, you, and a little pop culture minute here. Shouts to Club Cool. Okay. This also features Lily Rose Depp, who uh-huh. Timothy Chalamet has been gallivanting about with. Oh, that with is whom neat. Timothy Chalamet has been gallivanting about. She roasts his balls off in this movie. That's the entirety of her role. <laughs> so that's hilarious that they're dating. Yeah. Wow. They've okay. been making out on uh, on yachts and shit. Like Good that. for them. So yeah. those two highly recommend. I finally watched Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was awesome. I love Westerns. Um, I love a Western with a good twist that includes like extremely excessive and gory violence. Yeah. So that's that's my main question is, did the excessive violence live up to what I've read of Red? Was that just like over the top, like compare it to something? How violent was it? Um, I'd compare it to like a Tarantino style violence. Okay. Because it's sporadic, but when they, when they bring it, holy shit, dude. <laughs> like it's, it's fucking, it's, does it, does it enter like a level, like an, a, a different level of realism though than Tarantino does? It enters a level. Yeah. Well, it's some, some, Tarantino some, violence. Has Tarantino this, is sometimes so over the top is that it's it like has an air of comedy to comical, it. it. Yeah. Almost always to me. Um, it, like the Brad Pitt scene with the, with the beating her head on every different object. In yeah. The or Samuel house. Jackson, like accidentally blowing the dude's head off. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's always an element of comedy. So the difference here is there's none of zero. Yeah. Absolutely no joke or laugh or like even bit of levity to be had. It mm-hmm. is mostly just like holy freaking shit. It is a shockingly violent movie. Yeah. Uh, I can't really say anything else about it without ruining anything. Uh, if you like Westerns, you will like Bone Tomahawk. Okay. And if you're okay with excessive violence, yeah. or, or otherwise you may puke. Uh, you may literally so, puke. So, qu- <laughs> yeah, th- this that one's probably not for me. But quick note on this <laughs> filmmaker, uh, S. Craig Knoller, I believe yeah, his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, you told me to Google this guy. Have you seen either of his other movies? What what are the, the other The most movies, recent right? one was called Dragged Across Concrete and it starred Mel Gibson and uh Ben Aff- Vince Vaughn. Thank you. Jesus. No. And the the That's an in, intense name for a film. And his first one I I don't remember the name of it. Is it Vince Block Vaughn? 99 with Vince Vaughn? Yeah. I remember the preview for that and I remember being like Vince I would go watch this right now, but you shit the bed so hard in Detective so, Season 2 that I can't. This guy, S. Craig Knoller, has basically been pitched in two ways based on whichever party line you reside on. Okay. Yeah. So he is hailed as like a savior for conservative the conservative movement as a guy who is not afraid to make completely anti-PC movies that hold up and support conservative values and sentiments. Good old-fashioned American values. Good old-fashioned American values. The se- cell- a Brawl in Cell Block 99, by some accounts, can be read as like an anti-abortion movie. Because the, the fuck? Because the bad guy is an abortion doctor. Like, the the, the big bad villain is, a, is an abortion doctor. Okay. Yeah. Uh Dragged con- Across Concrete, his most recent one, is all about, like, police brutality, basically. And so he's going I don't, at... don't want to speak too much to it because I haven't actually watched Fair it yet. Fair enough, but you're saying his, he's been labeled as a guy going at these social issues, but every other version we see obviously comes from the left. He's more center or right. Yes, and the, obviously a lot of... Sounds like right. A lot of, you know, further people that are further left have kind of 
you know, said, this, uh, you know, race baiting and doing all the, he, he's basically, he's a muckraker. Yeah. He's a, he's a real muckraker and he is, you know, you know, films have conservative agendas. Now, Dollar said that none of this is true and that he makes movies based off of n- no party polit- no party politics just what he wants to make that he just what he wants to make and that the decision on on what they're about or not about is completely like left up to the viewer but that he has zero intention to be political with any of it now i think that claim is probably a little bit dubious but there was there was some coverage on dragged across concrete namely from the ringer that i thought was relatively level-headed and just spoke to the fact that the guy is making like grittier films that do some pretty interesting things even if somewhere underneath there is like a weird conservative agenda dragged across across concrete is like three hours long and uh, almost nothing happens it's just like it's it's mostly Vince Vaughn and you watched it no but I've but I know enough about it okay and it's mostly like Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson like sitting in a car eating hamburgers talking about like staking places out this sounds like a Tarantino movie so that's weird yeah okay I kind of almost have to go watch his shit now his Uh, other shit dragged across (laughs) across concrete late last year is the one that like got me familiar with S. Craig Knoller which is why I know he did Bone did Bone no it's kind of like talked about for its ultra violence ah okay cool and um it's a cool name s craig Knoller. it's a good director name you know again i i can't really speak too much i just kind of throwing it out there because it's interesting the the kind of conversation around this guy sure so brawl and cell block 99 sounds l- far less interesting than dragged across concrete does mm. to me a former boxer turned drug runner lands in a prison battleground after a deal gets deadly and then he says the best lines from True Detective Season 2. <laughs> That's a movie I would watch. Also, Muppet, Muppet Christmas Carol came out on DVD on this day, November 5th, 1993, the undisputed greatest Christmas movie ever made, in my personal opinion. Wow, wow. It is almost Christmas movie time. That, I think that technically puts us there. If, if Muppet Christmas Carol hit DVD November 5th, 1993, then November 5th is officially Christmas season to me. Yeah. It's just, it's only a matter of days before, you know, I get to watch Home Alone somewhere, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I bet you this weekend we can find it somewhere. Probably. I bet, I yeah. bet, bet, as the kids say. Bet, yeah. bet that. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Manscaped, a fantastic company who is finally providing men with the tools we need to properly maintain our downstairs mix-ups. So if you're using a terrible and incorrect tool with which to trim or groom your pubic region, you're a buffoon, but you don't have to feel bad. This is a common issue for guys. Most of us have no idea what products to use to clean ourselves up. Uh, formerly, I used to retire my old electric facial hair razor and use that as my body hair tool. That's not what that's made for. Then Manscaped came into my life where there's absolutely no fear in hurting your nuts with a nick or a cut or a snag ever again thanks to their incredible Lawnmower 2.0. Their entire product line at Manscaped was created specifically for a man's distinctive grooming needs below the waist, featuring specially formulated products to cleanse, moisturize, and deodorize your smelly balls. Manscaped also offers tools engineered to give every gentleman a close, refined appearance, empowering men by providing the right tools for the right job. Their complete manscaping system includes that Lawnmower 2.0, which is a rechargeable waterproof trimmer with skin-safe technology for a nick-free trim that is incredible that I have myself, and to learn more 
more about all their products at Manscaped, go to manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D, manscaped.com. And when you check out, use the code OCC. You'll get 20% off your entire order. Manscaped.com, code OCC for 20% off. Your balls will thank you. And that will do it for today's episode of OCC. Barrett, do you have anything else you want to drop in here before we sign off? I do, I do. Um, Do you know the meme where Wayne is like banging on the glass and it's like all all uh, podcast listeners like screaming at the hosts when they can't think of something? Yeah. Well, I, I just gave anybody familiar with Bone Tomahawk and Dragged Across Concrete one of those moments for approximately 10 minutes. Nollar. It's with a Z, not an N. I oh do apologize. God, that would be such a problem. Yes. Thank God. Thank God he got it. He got it. There's somebody pulled it's off solar, on the side of the highway. Nollar. It's solar. Yeah. Nollar. You know what? I was When I Googled his name at first, I was like, oh, he's a free will Baptist minister. <laughs> that is super That confused. is my mistake. That's my mistake. Uh, to my credit, I was only one letter off. I got the I got his first freaking initial right. He's got one of those weird names. Hey, I man. Shit happens. You don't have to apologize S. to me. S. Craig Zoller. Zoller. Ah. Thanks to our sponsors uh, again for supporting the show. Make sure you support them to support us. If for some reason you don't want the greatest products known to man, which would be completely insane and make absolutely no sense, you can still support us directly. Uh, if you want more OCC each week, we do this one ad-based episode right now. We do one on Patreon.com with no advertising reads in it. It's supported entirely by the members of the Crustacean Nation and Mollusk Militia on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. We told y'all everything that's coming in November at the top of the show. And as I mentioned, uh, when you sign up today, five bucks to get into the Crustacean Nation. That's all it is. Ten bucks to get into the Mollusk Militia for five episodes uh, uh, additionally a month. Is it five? Four. Four, four, four I'm four. sorry. Four, four for versus, Mollusk Militia. Four versus three. Three for Crustacean Nation. But it's a very important episode if you do ask Oh, me, it is very important. Me. The Hotline Call Extravaganza is so much fun. And you immediately gain access to our entire backlog of content from the prior months in October and August and July and June and all that good stuff. So get on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles today. Support the show. Get more OCC ad-free. We're also putting up video of each episode on Patreon right now, Barrett. I don't know if you've been mm-hmm. noticing this. Have you mm-hmm. seen this? Have you heard about I this? I have. I have heard of it. I've seen. A, I've have seen. Have you it. noticed the cameras in the room that are pointed at us? I, yeah, yeah. I look at them uh, routinely. Good. Yes, I stare up at them on occasion. I just noticed I'm not that. that, that I, I just noticed that today they're going to get a, a little uh, little gray T shirt club action. They are. Yeah, we yeah. are a little gray T shirt club. You and I, but you voted and I didn't. That's I. That's true. That's true. There were some very important propositions to uh, that I had to make my voice my voice heard. On uh, in, in Austin today. You're a good citizen, and yeah. I applaud you. Thank, Thank you for doing your civic duty and hitting yeah, the voting yeah, booth. Well, you know, it's just every time... It, here's what makes me vote every time. Every t- it's, it's because every time I go vote, I am surrounded by nominally 30 boomers on either side of me. Uh-huh. And nobody my age, and it's infuriating. And uh, I, have, I have to go make sure that at least one uh, member of the youth is, is, represented. Is, is represented. Yeah, The boomers have just been getting roasted lately. Thank God. Boomers are really on on like the downslope <laughs> in terms of cool. Like we have just had it with them. We're apparently, ready for them all to be gone. Apparently they're mad online about it too, which just makes it even better. Oh, well, you love to see that. Yeah. You love to see that. Anyway, patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. If you want to watch video from today's episode, it'll be up probably in the next couple of days. Uh, sometimes it takes a little longer to render. It just depends. But follow us on social media for updates on the best in TV and movies. And every time we drop a new episode and the best movie content and TV content that you can find in the whole of the internet, instagram.com slash oysters, clams, cockles, at oysters, clams, cockles on Instagram. 
at Clams and Cockles on Twitter, and we're at Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles as well. My name is Ross Bolin, and you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at W-R-B-O-L-E-N, at W-R-Bolin, and you can hear my other podcast, the Ross Bolin Podcast, also presented by Bolin Media, available wherever OCC is available. It's a humor, comedy, life, mental health, substance abuse, animals, pirates, sports, and more show. Uh, Barrett, where can we follow you on social media and also hear more of your lovely voice? Follow me at Barrett Dudley on Instagram. Follow me. And on Twitter. That was and, my Tupac. And then you can uh, you can check out my other podcast. It's called the Club Cool Podcast. Club Cool. You can find that anywhere that you're listening to this one right here. Yeah. It's usually co-hosted with, uh, with, my, with my boy, Phil. Battaglia. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just, we talk, we chat. We talk, we talk about stuff. Chat it up. Yeah. Style at Club Cool Pod on Instagram. If you, if you, uh, if you want to give us the, the follow there, pop, 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 Georgie. All right, that'll do it. We're out of here. Adios, muchachos. Bye. Bye.